Well, it's this time of year. We slow down and... Have a good focus, I think. Maybe a focus that we should have all year, not just during the holidays, on the community and people in need. We've been sharing via Watkin Family Farmers. And, and welcome back, by the way. This is uh, Dylan Honkoop here with Save Family Farming and Watkin Family Farmers. We've been telling people uh, recently about what local farmers are doing to help those in need in our community, help people who are hungry. And farmers should be pretty good at that, right? They make food. That's what people eat and what people in need uh, often uh, have at the top of their list. They need to feed their families and, and for folks having a hard time doing that. You know, the food doesn't just magically appear and show up at the food bank. Somebody has to grow it. And Whatcom, Whatcom Farmers, farmers here in Whatcom County, and I know many other places around the state as well, are very involved with that. Thank you uh, for being here with us this morning on KGMI News Talk 790 as well as on the Save Family Farming podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud if you haven't already to subscribe and get the update every week. Maybe you didn't happen to get up at 7 o'clock, but that doesn't mean you have to miss the show. You can listen to it anytime at your uh, convenience. Joining me right now is one of these local farmers who's been helping feed folks in need, Mike Box, co-owner out at uh, Box Berry Farm and... You know, berries isn't the only thing you guys do. And that wasn't, from what I understand, Mike, berries wasn't even where you got started with helping out the Bellingham Food Bank. Tell the story here, how you got involved with the folks at the food bank. Well, first of all, good morning, Dylan. Yeah, um, thanks for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, you know, we got involved probably 10 years ago, and we were, um, you know, kind of converting to a commercial berry farm, I guess, more or less, to trying to do more retail right off of our farm and we built a new store back in that was in 06 i guess been there a while yeah but when we when we started to try to grow product to feed that store it was very difficult to have exactly the right amount that you could sell each day and so we purposely i guess over planted just so we wouldn't run out yeah so in and having done that then we ended up a lot of times at the end of the day with extra produce and and then um, in quite a bit of it, we would just pick as needed for our store needs. But um, then along came the small potatoes gleaning people, and they were inquiring about um, trying to procure some vegetables and things like that. Um, and we happened to have an abundance of those that were currently not even getting harvested and used. So um, first year, they just came out and began taking some of our excess broccoli and cauliflower and some potatoes and random things that we happen to have a lot of. And um, over the years, it's grown to us, you know, purposely planting crops for them. We actually, um, they actually have a, a system in place where they will pay some of the local farmers to grow specific products that they are short of and they mm. can't get those in the commodity system apparently so we actually do get paid to grow carrots for the bellingham food bank a lot of carrots um but along with that we still supply them with anything else we have in abundance um, a lot of corn a lot of potatoes and the beauty of the system is is that we we grow it and you know 
till and plant and irrigate, fertilize, and get it up to up to where it's a harvestable product. And then they have volunteer gleaners that will come out and actually do the hand harvesting of all this. And our farm is very small. We don't, we're not super mechanized. So almost everything that we grow is hand harvested. And that, that can eat up a lot of labor if we had to do that. But with the system they have in place, um, they, they locate the volunteers, they bring out a truck, they bring out the containers, they go to work doing the harvest, and uh, it's a win-win situation. We feel like we don't really do a whole lot other than grow the stuff, <laughs> which we're doing anyway. You know, we're, we're already growing that uh, quarter acre, half acre, whatever it is of, right. of something, and, and then we've taken it a little step further, and we've actually got the uh, the one lead coordinator for the small potatoes gleaning project um, happens to be uh, her name is Eliza and, and uh, you know she'll come out and she'll jump on a tractor and go cultivate or she'll go plant something that maybe we aren't currently growing and have it in our program but they want it so they were they grew a bunch of extra basil out there I think the last couple of years and harvested that. So it's a it's a good system that really doesn't take a lot away from us. We're we're not uh, we're not being overwhelmed with work because of it. Yeah. But yet, but yet, I think this year we probably I think we got the numbers back. We provided approximately sixty to seventy thousand pounds of produce that went you know fresh stuff, nice wow. good quality fresh stuff that went to the Bellingham Food Bank. Well, and that's one of the things that I've been learning about too, and the needs of the food bank. And you know, they talk about the need just increasing and increasing out there for for people who need support keeping food on the table, and they don't just need. I mean, I don't know for for those of us who maybe haven't been in that situation, and it's a lot more than than you realize the number of people who have been at that in that situation one time or the other. But for those of us who haven't, we think, of, "Wow, food drive!" You know, you think of leaving cans out for the mailman or or whatever, you know, non perishable items. But folks in need need fresh stuff too. Uh, you you can't just live your your life on uh, you know beans out of a out of a steel can. Um, and, and that's a big part of this. Uh, I've been learning that being out, out at the food bank when we, we put together a video on this for Watkin family farmers and our, our real, uh, campaign, I encourage people to go onto our Facebook page or farmersforreal.org and, and check that video out. It features Mike, who we're talking to Mike box, uh, as well as Eliza and Max Morange and others out there at the Bellingham food bank. So this sounds like it's been a real win-win for you guys, Mike. And and you say it all just started because they said, hey, you know, would this work? I mean, is this something that could work for other farms, do you think? I absolutely think it could. Um, yeah, it, it started small with us, you know, one little baby step at a time. And and here we are today. And I guess on our farm, they, they might consume an acre of land maybe maybe two i guess if we include some corn which takes a lot of space but um it's not a it's not a huge commitment on our part well and and people might think well boxberry farm you, you guys you know you do specialty stuff like that you do small blocks of all this different stuff you know maybe this doesn't fit for a big farm but here's what i'm thinking 
And maybe we should bounce this off Eliza one of these days, too. But if she is actually now in a position where she can come out and say there's a corner of a field that's a half acre or something that can't get used very easily, she could grow something else there and just make it happen, and you wouldn't have to worry about it. That could be an option that might be a way that a, a bigger farm might be able to help on something like this. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I believe that is is the case. Um, the probably the, the biggest difficulty is is that you know our western washington climate we can produce produce you know at least at least on our farm we produce for about you know three and a half four months in the summertime it's a shame we couldn't do something going on into the other months yeah. that are cold and wet um, which would involve you know some kind of a processing step and um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for discussion and improvement in the system. That's that's all I can say. And, yeah. And I and I, and I do believe that there are other farms that this would suit as well. Doesn't doesn't take a whole lot. Mike Box with Boxberry Farm with us here on the Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop with you here on your Saturday morning on KGMI News Talk 790. Um, how do you do that with growing <laughs> fresh veggies in particular? Um, you know, because again, I, I've grown up around quote unquote big farming or commodity farming where you just grow and you have one harvest and you get her done and it, you know, gets frozen or canned or whatever it might be. But if you're trying to have fresh stuff over an extended season, what, what do you do? Plant like four or five or six different blocks of something at different times. So they come fresh at different times or how, how do you even manage yeah. that? Yeah, that's exactly it. We start, you know. Take, a, take corn, for example. We will start just as early as we can. Sometimes, you know, the first week of April, we'll throw, throw our first batch of corn in with, with a couple different variety options there. We'll have, at the end of the season, we'll have 15 or 20 different stages of corn when it's all said and done just to keep it fresh. And, it, you know, in the field, corn will last maybe a week and then you better be off to the next one because it's getting overripe. So yeah. we do that with we do that with the carrots, we do it with all the all the other vegetables that we plant. Um, and yeah, and it and it works it and and sometimes if we get a little behind on something, you know, the food bank, they'll come in and grab a whole bunch of something. We've sent a few semi loads uh Ludkey Trucking grabs it and hauls it down to Seattle if mm. it's more than what the Bellingham system can use. We've done that with corn in the past. When we get really behind and it's hot and it comes on quick, yep. they'll they'll still come out and glean, the gleaners come out and they love, you know, they've all got a big smile on their face. Mm -hmm. They love what they're doing and uh, it's a day out at the farm and they love doing it. So it's it's a great it's a great situation. Well, and when I talked with those folks, too, it sounded like they get it as far as being careful when they're coming out to a, the farm and making sure that, that people are helping to do the hand harvest, know where they're going, and aren't rooting around some field they aren't supposed to be, or, you know, that that, that part's all taken care of, too, because I know there are liability issues and just concerns that a farmer might have having people come on their property. Exactly. And, and we are already, I guess, somewhat set up for that because we do do some, uh, you pick of our own crops, the berries right. and things. So right. we're kind of set up. We have parking areas and bathroom facilities that are mobile and things like that. But, um, yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. It, they're, they're very organized. Um, like I say, they bring their own containers, their own truck and they, you know, I, I can say all I do is wave to them when I drive past <laughs> and it, 
it all happens. And then we do get a whole lot of good, uh, good publicity out of it through the food bank, but mm-hmm. they are so, so grateful. And Max has been wonderful about publicizing, you know, and getting the word out about a lot of what we do. And, and, uh, there's other, there's not just us, there's other farms that do this as well. I mean, at the end of the day at the Bellingham farmers market, the food bank can, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they can run around there and grab a lot of that extra produce from all the farmers that attend the Bellingham food bank as well. So very little of that goes to waste anymore. And that is an awesome thing. And like you said, it's, it's awesome for the community to be more aware of that too. I mean, that's a big part of what I'm about here with Watkin family farmers and safe family farming is starting to, you know, get the farming world connected with the city world, uh, for lack of a better term, um, more than they have been to realize, Hey, there's still farms here. They, they grow food. That's what they do. You know, this is a good thing that we've got going here and, and to raise that visibility of farmers in the community again when for what whatever reasons that seems to have tailed off in in recent decades i I think that that can be a real win-win all the way around there as well just for for awareness exactly dylan and another thing i think I, i i need to mention is that there are already many other whatcom county farms that are sending product to the bellingham food bank i know i mean i see the i see the edeline milk containers coming in and uh, i know that a lot of the berry farmers when they've you know maybe got something in the freezer that they that isn't so valuable anymore they'll send it that way i've seen that happen a number of times and it's it's big volumes of stuff so it's very cool to be able to feed folks in need right here in our community. Again, we're talking with Mike Box with Boxberry Farm here on the Farming Show. So how, you know, just to talk farming side of it, how how did the whole season go? How how was this year for you guys out there? It was pretty decent, I guess. Um, you know, in our in our little fresh market retail world there, it really doesn't have big waves up and down. Our our acreages of, of berries, for example, are very, very small, just what we can sell right out of our storefront. So um we had a good year. You know, it's always it's always challenging to find reasonable labor. Um but um, we've we're getting by. <laughs> well, you you mentioned earlier in our conversation here this morning, you guys kind of taken that step ten, fifteen or so years ago to move from kind of a, more of a commodity farm to a more of a specialty, direct to consumer thing. How has how that gone? How wh- how did that even get started? When, what was that process for you? I know there's a lot of people thinking about it, and you guys have actually done it. Yeah, it was a long process. It happened. It just, you know, it wasn't really maybe a a goal. It just kind of happened naturally over time when somebody would come up to the back of your machine harvester, hey, I want to buy a flat of raspberries (laughs) or come out to the strawberry field and want to buy a a flat in the old wooden flat with the hallock boxes in it, you know. And and so um, over time, we saw that there was definitely a need and we'd we'd dabbled in that over the years and had had a bit of a following. But uh, again, back in oh six i think it was we we built the new store with the purpose of just doing that and it's been good for us it's um like i say the probably the most difficult thing is finding that seasonal labor that we, we require yeah because everything we do is hand-picked um we, we do strive to get you know the best quality that we possibly can and um anyway but uh it's there's there's you know there's a ton of issues in agriculture as we all know right now but uh <laughs> yeah. um that's that's just some of it but we've we're doing okay 
Yeah, it, well, I mean, you say it just happened, and, and I know that it has been an evolution, but you guys, you know, did make the choice to, to do that investment, especially in that facility that you have there, and it's a gorgeous facility. Uh, that's a lot of outlay of money when you don't know, like, is this going to be worth it? Is this going to pay itself off? That had to be a little bit nerve-wracking to, to take that step and some of the other steps you guys have taken. I mean, how do you know when, when you're going to do something like that, whether it's going to be worth it? I, I don't know if you can always be assured that it, it, it will be worth it. Um, again, you know, we're, we're relatively small scale in the whole farming picture these days. And so, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of farms that are making huge multi-million dollar investments and that's certainly not us. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, we, we are, um, I guess we saw the, saw the need. We'd already had kind of a, a pretty good following developed. And then, you know, we, um, we try to do, we try to meet the, the people that want to come out to the farm. It's a, it's not just that they might show up for a day and want to go you pick. It's an outing for the family nowadays. And everybody's anxious to get out and go visit the farm, which to us seems rather odd because we're there every day and it's nothing special for us, but there's a lot yep. of people that, you know, maybe you're living in, you know, condo in town. They never get the kids out to go see where to go see a raspberry hanging from the vine or go pick strawberries off the vine, be able to eat them. And so it's, it's become, there's, there's an opportunity for more um, education to the, to the city folks that yeah. don't get to get out very often. Yeah, yeah, and and thinking about farms making that step and deciding to start doing some direct stuff, and and maybe that's just part of what they do rather than making a full jump from a, a commodity farmer who sends it to a processor and somebody else processes and markets and all that, and they do that all themselves. Part of it's maybe just a fear of the unknown. Maybe it's not just about the money either. Like you mentioned, you know, farmers are making these big investments all the time, and it's one thing if you're making an investment, say, in a piece of equipment or a piece of property or or uh, a facility within, you know, kind of the framework that you're used to. But to take a step outside of that, it's pretty scary to say, we're going to go public. We're going to put our name out there. What are people going to say? How are we going to market this stuff? How are we going to package it? What, you know, what's all going to come with that? It, it's a whole new can of worms, but it's been interesting. You know, I think of other folks like Larry Stapp, uh, you know, and Twinbrook Creamery and a lot of these other operations around here that have made that made that step it's a big thing but i i expect we'll be seeing more of it and then people i'm sure will be looking to folks like yourself mike to say uh you know how did you do that you know what were the challenges and how might we be able to do that again we've been talking with mike box uh, boxberry farm out there on uh northwest uh what are you technically between linden ferndale and bellingham kind of <laughs> Really? Exactly. What, yep, what, right what's the, the actual address there? Ferndale? Yeah, we're Ferndale. Ferndale okay. District. All yep. right. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And, and stay dry thank out you. there. Thank you, Dylan.